The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. The festival that we observe today in the church comes at a strange time. Hopefully we're still celebrating the infant Jesus, the Word made flesh, the Son of God who has come to earth to become one of us and save us from our sins by dying on the cross and rising from the dead. On the surface, this observance of the holy innocence would threaten to throw a bunch of water on the burning fire of our Christmas spirit. But I would argue the opposite. Thinking upon the blood that was shed by these little ones in this cosmic battle between good and evil is a sign pointing to the blood that would be shed to end the war for good. The blood of the Lord Jesus, who for our sake and for the sake of the whole world would first become a baby. A baby who would grow up to defeat sin, death, and even the devil. Jesus tells us that the devil was a murderer from the beginning in John's Gospel. He loves death. Wherever we see death in all its forms, it is he who is behind it all, working to undo the plans of God, as if that were even possible. But he sure tries. Death is his preferred instrument. Even though the Lord Jesus has wrested it away from his grip, and has made death a servant of his good and gracious will for salvation. But like a wild animal caught in a trap, the devil thrashes about violently, trying to claim as many as he can while he goes down. In Proverbs 8.36, God says, All who hate me love death. Satan and this world check that box. This great murderer was there when sin was brought into the world as he tempted Eve to disobey God, and he did that because he hates life and all that God has created. The devil has always been afflicting God's people and trying to destroy them, trying to kill them. In the Old Testament, his plan was to snuff out the messianic line because he knew that the promise was to send a Savior, that this Savior was going to come and crush his head. It goes all the way back to Genesis 3. He is the dragon that is depicted in the book of Revelation, chapter 12. This dragon that is trying to devour this woman's child. The woman representing God's people and her child being the promised Savior that was to come into the world. But the woman was able to flee into the wilderness and escape the evil one. You can recall the Israelites who were put under Egyptian bondage for fear that they were becoming too populous. They were having too many babies. And so Pharaoh had to get that situation under control. It was Pharaoh's edict, but behind it all, you had Satan, the murderer of all murderers, who did not want God to send the Messiah. You may recall the babies who were slaughtered under Pharaoh's regime and Moses who was spared so that he would deliver God's people. In Matthew's gospel, the appointed gospel lesson for this day, we have an interesting admixture of all those, event, of all those events. The ancient dragon was added again. Only this time it was the Messiah himself that he had his sights set on. 
King Herod had asked the wise men to go and find the Lord Jesus so that he too may come and worship, but it was revealed to the wise men that Herod was up to no good, of course. So they avoided him, and that made Herod irate, being the son of Satan that he is. Joseph was warned in a dream that he was to take Mary and Jesus into Egypt, that he was to take refuge in that same place where Pharaoh had oppressed God's people hundreds of years ago. Something sinister was about to happen, something unspeakable. Herod had all the male children two years and under in Bethlehem and the entire region put to death. It was the old serpent at work, understanding that the Lord of glory had come to put an end to his schemes. These children gave their lives at the whims of a wicked king polluted by Satan's lies. But that is not the end of their story. And though we weep for them and for the multitude of little ones who have their lives taken through senseless acts of violence, and even infant children of persecuted Christians who even today lose their lives, their blood is not wasted. Not one of the tears of their moms and dads are wasted. The blood of Jesus is the blood of one who became an infant, just like all of them, just like we all were. If he wanted to die for adults only, he would have come into this world as an adult, but he didn't. He wanted to die for all, so he came and lived as an embryo, a fetus a baby, a toddler, a child, whatever other developmental stages we've come up with in the last 50 years. Jesus did it all. He lived it all. He sanctified infancy itself so that those who died in infancy would not be without the hope and promise of eternal life. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints, says Psalm 116. Precious in his sight are these little ones for whom the Savior came to redeem and bring to himself. Perhaps these thoughts hit a little too close to home for some of you because you've swallowed the bitter pill of miscarriage or stillbirth or even the horror of having a little one die outside the womb. And if that's you, it's, it's something that you think about every day. But I'd like to remind you that as the dragon tries to devour God's people and as he goes about his murdering ways amid the backdrop of bloodshed and death, there is one who has the final word over all of it. It's the Savior, Jesus Christ who came into this world on a rescue mission to seek and to save you and all your children, whether their earthly lives are long or short. Jesus has become the master over death by taking death upon himself. And now death is his handmaiden to bring us all to himself. That's what this savior, this child came to do. The child who we now remember asleep on his mother's lap. 
as if this child is gaining strength for the journey ahead, the journey to the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.